Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on my podcast, I love to amplify the voices of those women whose stories are moving, meaningful, and compelling. Today's guest is Netta Al-Najafi. Netta, welcome to the show. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be chatting with you. Well, I'm so happy to have you on the show today. You're like a bright spot in my day. So why don't you tell a little bit about yourself to the listening audience? Sure. So I am in-house counsel at Franklin Templeton. I have been working in-house for most of my career, which is going on 12 years now. I started out with some litigation, but didn't really like it. It wasn't for me. I enjoy more of the transactional side where I get to draft and negotiate contracts for most of my day. Um, I love contracts. I love working with contracts and helping businesses protect themselves through contracts. So my passion project during quarantine has been to start a blog called Contract Nerds, where I talk all about contracts. It's been really fun chatting online and connecting with people through LinkedIn. Um, so that's been really fun. I am laughing inside and I was trying not to interrupt you, but I just think it's so funny because um, nobody loves contracts, but you love <laughs> contracts. I know. Um, don't judge me, Susan. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And I love the name. That's awesome. Um, I, I try to surround myself with nerds. Um, I am a nerd and I like nerds. So I think everybody needs a contract nerd. So I'm glad that you're in. Yes. I know that you and um, one of your good friends that I'm close to are my contract go-to gals. So <clears throat> I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about your background before you, um, like, like, you know, where, you know, what do you do for fun? Where, where do you live? You know, what, um, what makes you happy? You know, that kind of thing. Tell me a little more about you, the woman, not just your work. Yeah, so I live in Venice Beach, California. Nice. Um, it's beautiful weather most of the year, which has been really nice, especially during quarantine. We have quite a few restaurants that have outdoor areas, so and you know, walking areas outside. So that's been really nice, really fun. Um, for fun, I have a Vespa. I got my motorcycle license <laughs> last year. Um, so I love riding my Vespa all around the beach town and you're also, adorable <laughs> <laughs> have you ever ridden a vespa susan i have i lived in europe it was the way to go uh, <laughs> exactly i i love um i love italy i wanted to go um to italy for my honeymoon this year which shouldn't get to happen um so that's another part of me is that i got engaged last year was supposed to have my wedding this year but it was postponed because of COVID and then eventually just kind of canceled and scratched the whole thing because it's, you know, really just not safe at this time. But hopefully in the near future, we'll be able to have a wedding party. In the meantime, you know, my husband and I did get legally married. So that was a big, um, awesome accomplishment this year and something that kept me wow. going through all the turmoil. <laughs> yeah. What a way to find a distraction, huh? <laughs> That's pretty yep. awesome. And, and again, another contract. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. It's so fun when you can finally have your wedding party or your reception, because, you know, we all now understand what it's like to be in solitary confinement for so long. It'll be great, you know, really great fun when uh, we can finally um, all get together and celebrate and enjoy one another's company and such. Well, let me ask you this. So, 
your job at Franklin, bringing it back to your professional self, um, your job at Franklin Templeton. Not everybody knows. I know who Franklin Templeton is or what uh, they are. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your day-to-day -day there, first starting with who are they? What do they do? Sure. So Franklin Templeton is a Fortune 500 public organization that provides financial services. And I am not a financial services attorney. I'm a commercial attorney and more of a generalist. So I don't work on the financial services side. I actually support the procurement and technology teams as they purchase technology that powers the company. For so example, you're the woman sending us all these RFPs at the law firms. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Working with that procurement officer, right? We're the one. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So procurement would send over the RFP. And eventually, when we select a vendor, that's when we would start working on the contract review and negotiation. Boy, I'm going to tell you, the world has changed because when I was um, for 18 years inside law firm settings, there were no procurement officers and you, you know, you had your favorite, um, you know, outside counsels. If you were a client, you had your favorite out and, and it was as much as boozing and schmoozing and that was it. But now it's like, you actually have to earn the work and you actually have to have fair pricing and rates and you actually have to have a diverse supply chain. Right. So I definitely, think what you do is amazing. And I think it's very important work, especially in our fight for equity in the workplace. Um, you know, no more good old boy network, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's funny when people say to me, wow, you don't look like an attorney. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, things are changing. <laughs> wow, that's so funny. I can't believe there are people who still say things like that. But, oh, wait, I just saw the election results. Yes, I can. <laughs> Let me ask you, what is your proudest, now look, I know you have a ton probably, and you have a ton more to come, but what has been your proudest professional accomplishment to date? You know, to be honest, it's, it's probably just, you know, creating contract nerds and actually launching it this year. I, I never thought, uh, it never came to my mind until June this year. Um, you know, during quarantine, I was just connecting and engaging more on LinkedIn. And the idea came to me that, hey, there isn't really one central place for people to go who love contracts and who want to learn more about contracts. And, you know, going to law school, we would have like contracts 101 class, which taught us about offer acceptance and consideration, but that's not really what we use in day-to-day -day practice when we're negotiating contracts. It's much more business oriented um, and practical. So I wanted to offer a resource that can kind of bridge the gap between law school and actual practice. And I'm just, I'm glad that you know, it wasn't just an idea. I actually did it. I'm, I'm really happy about it. And it's been growing, which has been awesome. So that's probably my proudest accomplishment today. Well, I love that you do that. I think you filled a niche. I think that um, people don't realize that, you know, when you are looking for something that meets your specific needs in your business practices, that it's not going to be something you just download off the internet versus hire you know, right. the, the, you know, legal 100, right? So I think you have found a niche and filled it and what a good blue ocean strategy, right? 
Um, another thing I want to say about that is if there's anything I can do in my huge network to support you or promote you or share your message or get you involved um, in the face of my uh, followers or network, please let me know because I am so happy to do that. You're an awesome, awesome human being and you're brilliant and everybody needs a contract nerd in their life. <laughs> Aw, thank you so much, Susan. I love how supportive you are. You're doing so, so much for women in business out there already. And just having me on this podcast is amazing. Oh, well, you have brightened my day and, and, and you know that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's Aww. November 4th, so. Um, <laughs> you yeah, for the listeners out there, I'm sure you understand what that right. means. <laughs> if you, wink, wink, if you know what we mean. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, you inspire me every time I see one of your um, really great LinkedIn posts with super duper helpful information. Um, I have not met you personally, but we've talked on the phone before and you've moved me. Let me ask you, who has moved you? Has, have you had an, uh, a mentor or a sponsor in your life? I have had several mentors in my life. I've been very lucky to have them. Um, what moves me currently is the entire network on LinkedIn. Every single person who likes a post, who engages with a post, who asks questions, who shares their perspective, honestly, that's what keeps me going on those days that I'm like, I'm just tired. I don't want to do social media or I don't know. I can't think of anything to post. That's what inspires me and keeps me going. Well, I am outside of your bubble looking in and saying, wow, what a great job she's doing on LinkedIn. I mean, you're sort of a household name now, right? So I feel very fortunate to know you personally. There are a lot of people who know you just through LinkedIn, and I'm sure they're grateful for all the great content you share. So oh, thank you, Susan. yeah, you lift women in that way too. So on that note, uh, great segue to my next question. What is something we can do just in our everyday lives to lift other women in business? Um, I think it's, you know, take a second to go out of your way to support, you know, everything from liking or posting on a comment to sharing a job opportunity or saying, you know what, you, I think you and this person would really like one another. How about I connect you two? Um, or taking a coffee meet and greet with someone who wants to learn from you, maybe a student, maybe an intern. That really goes a long way because we all get so busy. And I don't know about you, Susan, but at the beginning of quarantine, I was like so bored with all this time on my hands. And now I'm busier than I've ever been <laughs> in my life, <laughs> you know? And so we, we fill our time, but yeah. fill it with things that will help and support our community of women in business. I love that. I love that. So I'll say one thing about this uh, new Zoom world and the COVID-19 landscape of lockdown. Uh, I think what you just said is spot on for everyone I have talked to, because in the beginning, we're like, oh, this is going to be a couple of weeks. What do we do? You know, and then it was like, oh, my God, it's a couple of months. And now it's yeah. like eight months later. Um, the new, new normal for me is I work more now than I did when we were under normal circumstances because technology allows for that. So I have a tendency to book meeting upon meeting upon meeting. And if I'm, if you're like I am, I should say, then you're Zooming all day long. You are writing all night long. And I know your friend, you have a very, we have a really good mutual friend. Um, she is nonstop as well. Uh, if we're not- yep you know, emailing and texting and calling and Zooming, we're writing and thinking and reading and doing. So 
Um, I, I agree with you. I'm busier now than, and, and I'm one of those people that's pretty obsessive compulsive. Ask your friend. <laughs> she knows. Um, I have to have lists and cross things off my list. And if it doesn't get done that day, I can't sleep that night. So I, I, I get it. We're really, really busy. That yeah, and to be honest, I feel like you can't really operate at the level you're operating at without being obsessive compulsive, right? You know, without staying organized, without having a checklist. Thing. I need to get it done because if you're one of those people who's like, "Meh, I can do it tomorrow," you're never going to be able to perform at the level you're currently performing at. Yeah, you know, I don't think I. I mean, I've heard of those people. <laughs> I don't think I know any of those people that, you know, why put it off till, till tomorrow and t if you could do it the day after. I, I don't know that. I'm, I'm a get her done gal, do it now, right? So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, let me ask you, that, that's sometimes a challenge for me, actually, um, which again is another good segue. What has been a big challenge for you or setback and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I think, you know, balancing the, um, I heard this new phrase that someone posted about on LinkedIn. Um, it's called achievement addiction. And it's when you are addicted to achieving things. And that's when you kind of just keep going, going, going. And if you're not careful, you can burn yourself out. So for me, it's, it's been a challenge to figure out how to balance all of the ideas and things that I want to do with, you know, my life and my family and things like that to be able to create something sustainable. Because yeah. Quarantine is over. I'm not going to be able to continue operating at this level. I'm going to have to taper it down and make it more reasonable to adapt back into, you know, normal life with social plans and places to go and people to see. Um, so it's really striking that balance. Like, for example, sometimes I get very ahead of myself. One thing I, I set out to achieve was to be able to launch the Contract Nerds podcast in October. Well, it's November 4th and I haven't launched it yet. Um, but that's because I set too many goals for myself. I didn't understand actually how much time goes into creating, editing, you know, marketing podcasts. And so I've set a new date for January, 2021 launch instead. And that helps me space things out. And you know what? I, at first I was like, darn, I don't like to miss my goals, but it's all about recalibration and kind of giving yourself the space to succeed. I agree. I love that you were courageous enough to share that because burnout is real. And look, I happen to be one of those people who, you know, overachievement is not a bad thing. I'm married to someone who's that way. Our good friend is that way. Um, but burnout is real. So you have to literally carve self-care time into your day. Um, one other thing is when you are ready, I am happy to help share the news about your podcast and share, you know, get the word out, that sort of thing. Another Thank thing I want to say is when I was younger and I worked in um, financial services in Boston, I had this CEO who was very close to me. He was my one mentor outside my dad. And he said to me, Susan, not everybody operates at the speed of Susan, right? So we've heard that before. But he said to me, learn to manage your attention, not just your time. And that is such, if you think about the meaning of each of those words and how in a sentence, the message that they convey when strung together that way, 
It's I love so that. powerful. And, and again, look in the, in the world of attorneys, they're, they're controlled by the clock and time management and tr- tracking their time and billable hours and everything's quantitative to manage your attention as well as if not more than your time is super, super powerful and super important. So I hope that we can all, you know, take that lesson to heart and I have to remind myself to do it as well. So tell us something surprising about you. Hmm. Something surprising about me. I like the way you pronounce your name. I'll say that. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Yes, a lot of people think it's Nada, but it's actually pronounced Netta. Um, I guess, you know, on that same thread, I actually went through most of elementary school allowing my teachers and friends to call me Nada because I was so yeah. shy to correct them. And then we moved from one city to another when I was starting sixth grade. And I was like, I'm going to correct the teacher the first time they mispronounce it. And so I did. And now I try to correct people. I, you know, I really think um, the way you pronounce someone's name is that's, that's everyone's favorite word, right? Is their name. And so when it's pronounced correctly, it just feels so much better. You feel more connected to that person. And LinkedIn has this cool new feature where you can record an audio of you pronouncing your name. I did not know that. Wow. No, I didn't know that. But I love that about you because I am guilty of of thinking your name was pronounced Nada and not Netta. So you're like Netta Profita. (laughs) You're making (laughs) money. You're doing good things. You're calling out, you know. And I think the name is so important. So for so long, people be like, Oh, I'm going to shorten. So I have a friend named Nassim and she said, someone once told her your name's too hard to pronounce. I'm just going to call you Nas. And she's like, um, Nassim is <laughs> just two syllables. And no, you're not going to just call me Nas. It's my <laughs> name. Uh, you know, it's like my personal brand. It's a, it's a strong, a strong sense about that. And I get that. I get that. Um, my, yeah. my name's easy. It's Susan. But um, I do recall a time when I worked at State Street in Boston when I was asked to go by Susan rather than Susie to be taken seriously because oh, all my wow. life, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that was back yeah. in the 90s. Um, all my life I'd been called Susie and then I moved to Boston and was told you'll never be taken seriously in financial services unless you go by your birth name, which is Susan. So that's my name story. Other than that, my name's pretty easy. But, um, wow, that's so name. interesting. Isn't Thank it? you. And, and you you were so thoughtful to take the time and make sure you're pronouncing it right even before this podcast. And I love it when people do that because it takes away the awkwardness of being like, sorry, but yeah, and it's like beautiful this name. Thank you. In Arabic, it means morning dew, but obviously in Spanish, it means nothing. So it kind of, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. Well, nothing and everything are all the same. If you, if you, if you read Jung, Charles, you know, I love that. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you something because I think there's a little bit of overlap in what we do and I'm not going to talk about it, but I want to ask you about it. Do you ever see bias in contracts? Yes, actually. And, you know, as the world is really focusing on promoting the values of diversity, equity, and inclusion, 
I started thinking about, you know, how do, how do biases arise in my line of work? And I started thinking about contracts and looking to those. And what's interesting is, you know, biases can kind of pop up anywhere, subconscious, implicit bias, if you're not paying attention to it. And that can happen when we're writing contracts because contracts are written by human beings, you know, and human right. beings have implicit bias from time to time. So yeah, I wrote an article recently about the different biases that we can see in contracts, such as language bias, gender bias, or even resource bias that comes with technology. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting because we want to be mindful the way that we communicate our um, ideas, thoughts, or even our mutual agreements with other people, other parties, other companies. Let me ask you this. Do you mind if I share that in the blog that I'll write about you after the podcast? Because I think everyone needs to raise their own awareness. I call it conscious inclusion. So being consciously inclusive in your behaviors, even your thoughts and attitudes, but especially your behaviors. So I'd like that to would be amazing. Link. Good, good. Yes, absolutely. That would be amazing. It's it's a fun kind of, you know, thought piece to just think and be mindful of, especially as we're, we're becoming more and more global as a society, you know, especially for example, at Franklin Templeton, we have a global presence and we work with clients um, and we have retail uh, office in, you know, China, in Italy, in the UK. And we need to be mindful about how to work with people who maybe English isn't their first language, um, or who maybe identify with a gender other than what, you know, someone might expect the norm, quote unquote, to be, um, and really just attention to that. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I have been very familiar with your company since long ago when I worked in the 90s in financial services. In fact, Franklin Templeton was one of my clients. It's a very good company. Just to give a shout out to your choice and where yeah. you share your expertise. Um, they Thank are you. awesome people. Yeah. Thank you. Such awesome people. Very smart, very good people. It's refreshing to work with smart people. I'm sorry. I know that sounds elitist, but really seriously, um, secure, smart people are really nice to work with and to get things done. You know, they get things done. So I, I love that. Well, let me ask you, are you game for what I call the wild card question? Yes, let's do it. All right, I'm pulling a question from a box of 144 questions. Some are more meaningful than others, but they're all pretty meaningful. Let me see. Oh, well, this is very sweet. I think this will be easy for you because you're a very thoughtful person. Um, what are three key things that one really needs in life? Or maybe let's make it about you. What are three key things that you really need in life to be happy? Wow, that is a really good question. I love that question. Um, okay, three things I need in life. Um, a first family, absolutely. And I've definitely, you know, had that more than ever this year, just, you know, kind of missing family and seeing them. And, and when I do get to see them, it just feels so rewarding, but we've managed to stay close even virtually. I have family in London. We would do WhatsApp, you know, little yeah. um, group virtual parties. So that's amazing. Second is love. 
um, romantical love or friendship love. Love is super important to me and I'm so grateful to have my husband in my life. And um, even though we couldn't have our wedding and all the fluffy stuff, just having each other, you know, has been the most important thing. And I think third is inspiration. I all, I'm the type of person who needs to always be inspired by something and always be achieving something and having a purpose outside of just myself to be able to help other people, you know, drive um, whatever I'm passionate about forward. And I think without inspiration, I would probably feel really unfulfilled. I have to say, I have come across that question before and asked it before. Um, this is such a beautiful answer. That was lovely. That was amazing. And, you know, um, I, I think that you're really special and unique. Like, I don't think that everyone would have said that. They might have said, you know, a nice house or, a, you know, a new car or, you know, those are meaningful, meaningful. I mean, those are the things that we think about when it's time to say goodbye, when it's time to say hello at major life events in our lives. Um, mm how beautiful you're really really nifty if I might say that um oh, thank and you, I can Susan. see why our good friend um considers you one of her besties so thank she's you very, yeah she's lucky to have you in uh her life and vice versa she's remarkable as well so with all yes. that goodness I'll say it's time to say our goodbyes if people want to reach you contract nerd where do they reach you how can they reach you yeah, so reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just type in Netta Alnejafi. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. Um, reach out to me on LinkedIn, or you can follow me at www.contractnerds.com. Subscribe to the weekly newsletter. I send a newsletter out every Wednesday. One is going to go out today um, with a new article about contracts, and then I'll usually fill people in on where some of the free webinars on contracts are and things like that. Nice. And I'll put all that in the blog as well, folks. So if you didn't get to jot that down, I'll put um, all of our contact info and how to connect with her on LinkedIn and to sign up for the newsletter. So thank you, Netta, for being here today. You're delightful. You actually really did. This is the highlight of my day. <laughs> Aww, thank you so much for having me, Susan. This was the highlight of my day too. And I hope it only gets better from here. I hope so too. I hope 270. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed all right have a good day everybody thanks Take for care. listening bye-bye